and a 2020s uh excuse me a 2024 first round swap i'm accepting that 10 times out of 10 i'm doing it over and over and over and over again drake may is going to be a stud in the nfl you can come back to this he's going to be incredible Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, back at you guys with another episode this week. The Denver Broncos have made their first signing of the 2024 NFL offseason, uh, coming away with a re-signing of a Denver Broncos linebacker um, who is a restricted free agent, now back on the roster um, after recent news from multiple Broncos sources. Um, and then also, PFF projecting a big trade where the Broncos leap up in the draft to select a quarterback of the future. Lots to go over in this episode. Make sure if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like this video, comment down below with throughout this episode what you guys think about uh, the PFF trade proposal and the Denver Broncos re-signing um, their, their, their star-studded linebacker. But without further ado, let's jump into it. Um, the Broncos, as I mentioned, uh, they have decided to re-sign veteran linebacker, veteran inside linebacker Jonas Griffith to a one-year $985,000 deal. Um, does this mean Josie Jewell is on his way out? Um bit of an interesting timing on this one very early in the offseason it was kind of expected given uh jonas griffith's special teams ability his really good tackling ability um just for like depth purposes the broncos are looking very very shaky um you got ben ben neiman uh for those of you guys that don't know the broncos picked him up last year um obviously becoming a free agent and then uh josie jewel expected to be an unrestricted free agent potentially jonas griffith coming back could mean that josie jewel could be signing with a different team um jewel obviously is just coming off his uh, second contract with the broncos so it's going to be interesting if the broncos decide if they want to give him that third deal or not i thought he had a solid season um he was available for the most part that was that's been kind of an issue with, with of his before 2023 was the injury concerns but after playing on that two-year 11 million dollar deal thought he played really well last year um, i wasn't too enthused with alex singleton's play throughout the season so it was good to see it was good to have jewel in the lineup when we did have him because the games like the the miami dolphins game when him and justin simmons weren't there two of our best tacklers and the broncos just could not tackle to save their lives and they were lacking a lot of speed not saying that jewel's Josie Joel really is not that fast for being honest, but um, I feel like from a tackling standpoint, this is what also makes the Josie, or excuse me, the Jonas Griffith saw re-signing a good one. And it's something that in our previous episodes I talked about, I really like this guy. I mean, for those of you guys that don't know, you can go to our player interviews uh, playlist on YouTube. We had him on the show. Great dude. One of my favorite interviews, uh, former San Francisco 49er. He told us some really good stories about when uh, his, some of his welcome to the NFL moments with Trent Williams going up against Trent Williams. Um, so those are little cool things if you want to check that out. Uh, we had Jonas Griffith on the show about a year ago, so me and uh, J-Mac and I interviewed him. But um, just for like a person standpoint, he's an awesome He's an awesome guy, great in the locker room, um, always smiling, laughing. I think this. I think the, the team's going to love having him back. Um, and then a lot of you guys that don't know, he actually um, – I was there at, I was there at the, training, the day of training camp when he actually tore his ACL – um, very devastating injury. He was looking to have a really big season, man. We had him on the show, and he was talking about how he was really um, 
he was getting ready for that moment to show who, what he really was in this league and get another, uh, not a, another starting opportunity just because Alex Singleton had just had that great 2022 season. All the eyes kind of went from Jonas Griffith being the starter to then Alex Singleton being the starter. So he kind of had that chip on his shoulder in the sense that he was going to come in and make the most out of all of his opportunities. And then um, it was it was very unfortunate, the non-contact injury, one of the first days of training camp. Um, he out the entire season with the tour and ACL. Very unfortunate. It reminds you of the Tim Patrick situation where he tore his Achilles non-contact as well. Um, and with Jonas Griffith, those in a drill. Um, so that, you know, that's what makes it even worse. Just your whole season ended from, you know, a simple drill workout with, you know, with the other linebackers. So it's really good to have him back just because he's an incredible tackler. Um, in 2022, 46 tackles, one interception, one pass breakup. He's only missed four tackles since 2021 when the Broncos picked him up. Uh, that's only four missed tackles out of 591 defensive snaps and 96 tackle attempts. Um, that That's incredible. That's in insane. Um, he's a really, really brilliant player. I feel like he's a he's a plug and fit where he can wreak havoc no matter what the system is. But obviously, he excels in this this three four where the Broncos go from Vic Fangio to now um, Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio to Evero, and then Vance Joseph all running very similar systems, especially for um you know the first and second level of the defenses, uh, second level being with the linebackers. Um, I think he excellent tackle tackler, um, great special teams, which I obviously already talked about um, really good run defender as well something the Broncos are missing last year from their linebacker unit Singleton did show some some promise with the line with run defending at times and as well as Josie Jewell but it just simply wasn't enough and this is some very much needed depth the Broncos don't have any much of any veteran depth behind Alex Singleton at all um, the only depth that they do have is Drew Sanders going into his second year where he has I think maybe two starts under his belt so this is obviously Jonas Griffith, 14 starts in the NFL, all being with the Broncos. This is this is an excellent re-signing. It's for less than $1 million, so there's no reason to dislike this at all. Um, the Broncos probably going to carry around three to four linebackers next year anyways under Vance Joseph. So um, this, is, this is a no-brainer, really. So right now, the linebacker room, Drew Sanders, Alex Singleton, and then Jonas Griffith. It was Jonas Griffith. We didn't even know if he was going to make the team last year. So with them re-signing to this one-year deal, doesn't necessarily guarantee that he does make it, but it is a solid like payday for him coming off the restricted free agency. So I I don't know. I don't know necessarily if Josie Jewell is going to be back or not. I would like to have him back, but um, does this does that that linebacker trio right there complete the Broncos' day one roster with Josie Jewell being out? Who knows? Um, let me know in the comments, and uh, you know, if you're listening on YouTube, what do you guys think about the situation? Do you think this is a hint that Josie Jewell is going to be signing elsewhere? Um, he's getting, he's uh, he's already up there in age. Um, he's going to command a little bit of a you know pricey market, um, just like Alex Singleton got from the Broncos last year. Alex Singleton's already 30 years old, so Josie Jewell could definitely get. Just for reference, Singleton signed a three-year, 18 million dollar deal. Um, and Josie Jewell signed a two-year, $11 million deal a few years ago, and he's now reaching his 30s. So take that how you will. Um, he's going to be answering his seventh year in the league. So I don't know if the Broncos necessarily want to bring him back or not or get younger, uh, even younger at that position with Drew Sanders already being drafted a third last year. So let's move on to the main topic of today's episode. Um, according to Trevor Sikama, um, 
excuse me if I uh, pronounce that the wrong way, um, lead NFL draft analyst at PFF. Um, he he says that he used what he heard at the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl, and even during Super Bowl week, during with the media and you know hearing all the with the head coaches and everything we're saying, uh, especially Sean Payton. Um, so he used this mock draft that he made. According to everything that he heard during Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, and Super Bowl, he has the Broncos. This is his predictions of what he, th- he believes will happen. He has the Broncos trading the 12th overall pick, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, a 2026, uh, and a 2026 first-round pick. That is two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and a first-round swap in this year's draft. To trade up, to the number set number two overall pick via the Washington Commanders and selecting UNC quarterback Drake May. Guys, I love this. I I'm not too sure. I personally don't think it's realistic. If I'm being honest with you, I've said it many times on the show. I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to trade up for Jane Daniels or Drake May or Caleb Williams. It's just it take it, it's. I have a really hard time believing the Broncos will actually be able to trade up 10, 11, 12 spots. Um, you know, 10, 11 spots to acquire their quarterback of the future. It's just those top three teams are really quarterback needy. I mean, who are the commanders? The commanders really want to pass on Drake May for Sam Howell. I mean, let, let's try to understand the situation a little bit. The commanders just hired Dan Quinn. In my opinion, one of the worst head coaching hires in recent memory. Goodness. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. Not a big fan of that hire at all. And honestly, doesn't make much sense for the, their situation at all. I I don't know. I just feel like they should have went with a offensive minded guy. Um, it looked like they were gonna get Ben Johnson, but the whole con- there's like rumors about the contract not being right between both parties. This hire just kind of screams like, oh, we're making this last minute. We couldn't get Ben Johnson, so we got Dan Quinn, our our option B. It, personally, that that's how I how I look at that situation. But I don't know. I. Maybe they trade down. I mean, that's a pretty nice haul, though. Two first, two first round picks, a second round pick, and a first round swap in this, swap in this year's draft. And if they believe the Broncos are going to suck, then they're probably that's that makes that haul even better. Um, they're not going to trade down with a team that they believe will win games because it'll make those picks, um, you know, at the bottom of those respected rounds. It'll change. It'll turn a 2025 first round pick from the 12th to maybe a 30th pick depending on who the team is like they're not gonna not the 30th pick but you you get it like they don't want picks in the low 20s so the broncos definitely an interesting team to trade with but the spot being at 12th overall jumping down 10 spots like i don't know that's something i struggle to think with uh if there's anybody that truly does believe um the broncos can jump up to acquire uh you know either Jane Daniels or Drake May out of UNC or Caleb Williams. Let me know uh, your reasoning, but I, I, I don't know. That's a really, it's a really, really, really solid haul. I mean, you think about it two first, a second, a first round swap uh, in this, in this draft. I mean, I would I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too surprised. It's just the fact that they're jump, they're jumping down from number two to 12, but just in terms of the Broncos side of it, man, Drake May's stud. And my if you guys know that I've raved about him on the show. Um, not a whole lot just because I don't know the Broncos can get him. But Drake May's my QB one in this class. I've said it on the show. I think he's a one A to uh to Caleb Williams. 
Um, I don't think he's like much better than Caleb. I have Caleb as my one B. I can't even say it's a one, a rank or one ranking and then a two ranking. Like I have them really close, but I do give the edge to Drake May. Um, just a recap of my strengths and weaknesses for him. His pocket movement is utterly ridiculous. It's uh, it's beautiful and utterly ridiculous in a good way. Um, his deep ball play placement is the best in the draft, in my opinion. He senses pressure so so well. Um, his athleticism is extremely slept on. He has the ability to take over a game, any game, with his legs. The ability to stay, extend plays, like I mentioned, if they break down, um, he doesn't, you know, extend plays unnecessarily, how we've seen with uh, JJ McCarthy at Michigan. Um, but he can really make all the throws on the field. Like his arm talent isn't as good as Caleb's, I would say, but it's damn near close. I think Drake May's so good. I hate the whole Mitch Trubisky uh, comparisons with him. I said it multiple times. I just think it's outrageous that people still make those comparisons. Didn't we go through this with the Ohio, the whole Ohio state, Justin Fields couldn't do anything. And Cardale Jones, like whoever it was coming out of Ohio state, JT Barrett. Um, and then they said the same thing about CJ Stroud. Now he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And yes, I said it. Yeah. a wall. He's top five in the NFL. Um, weaknesses though, with Drake may, Processing can be a little bit slow in the time, slow at times, which means he does hold on the ball a little bit too long. But it's not like concerning. Like it's, I would say it's not even. It's not as bad as Caleb, to be honest. That's what makes. That's the thing that kind of makes me put Drake a little bit higher than Caleb. Um, he does respond to pressure a little bit poorly at times. Does he sense pressure really well? Yes, but does he respond poorly at times? Yes. So. There are a little bit flaws, but man, there's so many more strengths and weaknesses. This guy's my QB one. If the Broncos, just for the Broncos side of things, you're telling me right now that this is this will like, let's throw out hypotheticals. The, the Commanders will absolutely accept this and trade down ten picks, two first from the Broncos, a second round pick in 2025, and then a 2020 uh excuse me a 2024 first round swap. I'm accepting that ten times out of ten. I'm doing it over and over and over and over again. Drake May is going to be a stud in the NFL. You can come back to this. He's going to be incredible. All the things on tape prove exactly that. It's just in terms of reality. I don't know, uh, Trevor. He he does truly. He does believe this because he ba- he said he based this off of what he heard around the NFL and NFL circles or at the NFL at the Senior Bowl and all that. So. What I assume he's hearing is like that whole thing that came out from Tony Pauline, which I don't know if I necessarily believe. Um, and even Sean Payne refuted it as well during the Super Bowl week was that there's a report that this, that came out. Apparently the Broncos were looking to, uh, they strongly believe in the top three quarterbacks in the draft and they want to trade up for either Caleb Williams, Drake Mayer, Jane Daniels. And maybe he heard the same thing. I, I don't know. Um, but Man, this would be this would be an excellent deal for the Broncos side of things. I just don't know if the Commanders um, would do it, especially with the Commanders hiring Cliff Kingsbury uh, to be their new offensive coordinator, who was just a senior offensive analyst um, at USC in 2023. After he took a year off in 2022, following the year he was fired by the Cardinals, he does have strong connections to Caleb Williams. So if something were to happen with Chicago at one, I'm just getting that feeling that the commanders go quarterback. They don't trade down. Um, but if something were to happen at one where the bears take Drake may or something, or they trade down or a few spots or whatever it's going to be. Um, I think, 
Caleb Williams, the connection to Cliff Kingsbury could definitely be something um, that could come to life. I just right now it just feels like Drake made is going to be a lock to a lock to Washington at two. There was even some rumors that came up that the Commanders um, were looking to trade up to the number one overall pick. We're hearing more about them doing that rather than trading down ten spots. Um, but interesting mock draft from uh, Trevor, uh, what lead NFL draft analyst at PFF. Um, like I like I said, would love the Broncos to do this. Just don't think it's necessarily realistic. And I also am seeing the th- the stuff with trading that the Patriots are interested potentially in trading down um, from number from number three. Uh, I don't know if they're going to trade down nine spots. Just like I you know, bringing up with the Commanders. Um, it just doesn't make sense. The number one, two, and three spots, all those teams are extremely quarterback needy. It is much more of a position need than any other position on their roster. Yes, the hall is very appealing. And yes, two first, second first looks amazing. But do you take that knowing that you're passing on a generation, in my opinion, a generational quarterback? Jane Daniels is going to be a beast. Caleb's going to be a beast. Jane Daniels is going to be a uh, Really, really good. I think all those guys are not worth the the haul potentially looking down uh, at a team that has the whole 12th overall pick. So I'm not here to completely just like trash on uh, Trevor's mock draft or trash on any potential of the Broncos trading up because it's certainly possible. We've seen wilder stuff in the NFL draft, if we're being honest. It's just we don't really particularly see a team trade down 10 spots passing on a, a potential franchise quarterback just for a few extra firsts in a second. That That's personally where I come from, but let me know what you guys think in the comments. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to this channel, like this video, uh, and comment down below, and turn notifications on as well. Um, love reading you guys' comments, and uh, turn off, like I mentioned, turn on notifications so you guys can be the first to the Broncos Avenue podcast every episode premiere, and please do the same over there on Spotify. Follow, leave a five-star rating. Appreciate all the support. Also, I want to end off the episode saying, my absolute prayers and condolences to everybody affected in the Kansas City shooting. Just very, very tragic. Obviously, those of you guys don't know, 10 innocent lives um, were impacted. Um, a lot of lives were impacted, but 10 people were wounded in the shooting uh, over there um, at Union Station You know, following the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Very, very unfortunate. Very heartbreaking, honestly. Um, my absolute prayers and condolences out to all the families affected by that. Um, it's just it's just outrageous that stuff like this keeps happening. Um, but my all my love, seriously, the, the football doesn't mean excuse my language. It doesn't mean jack shit when it comes to this stuff. Like these are I've seen people talking about. Oh, I'm a char- I'm a I'm a Chargers fan, but I'm I still have. Lo- Who gives a shit if you're a Chargers fan, dude? We're at the end of the day, this all comes down. This this all comes down to humanity, man. This is it's wrong, and we we need to you know unify despite what fan what teams we're a fan of on uh, these times. But that being said, I'm your host Samir Farrell. To the next episode, peace out, everybody.